John Brandian, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Well done. The timing on that was perfect. It always is. You're getting to be a straight up professional. So I did a show last night, a surprise show. Yeah, it wasn't really a surprise. It was a show. A show I was not expecting. I don't know that I've ever actually done a surprise show. That would be where what you, would be a surprise well, show. Well, like when you when you uh walk out on stage and there's an audience there that you weren't expecting. Oh, oh hi, I didn't Oh see golly, it. okay. I guess I'll do a show. The word was, surprise has been cracking me up lately. Did you listen to the mom cast yesterday? No, I haven't. Listen, <gasps> I've been mostly talking on the phone. I've been driving all over the state and talking on the phone, so I haven't had a chance to listen. So you don't know why the word surprise is really funny then? No, I don't. So yesterday, real quick plug for the Four Sisters podcast, just because mm-hmm. I love you. Um, yesterday, my two sisters-in-law and my sister and I were talking about, uh, it's Pride Month, so we were talking about the fact that our local library is Wait, sponsoring. Wait, it is? I know, you'd never know. How did you find out about Pride Month? We're on a mailing list. Okay. Because it's an obscure holiday and... Nobody's talking yeah, about it. Yeah, it's really difficult to and even then, know. But then, you know, the library though, even though everyone else is not talking about it, the library is having it's a all they Pride Walk. The children's department is sponsoring a Pride Walk. Okay. For kids of all ages, you can go to the library, read the book, Julian is a Mermaid. (laughs) Yeah. Take a walk. It's actually a picture book. I don't know. There's something ironic about a mermaid as the the mascot for a walk. He gets to go. Like a mermaid would just flop. No, 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 no. They can't walk. Do you know what? They don't have legs. Do you know what a storybook walk is? No. You take your kids I know what a mermaid to the is, library, though. walk through the library, and each like station has a page of the book. And so you read the book by walking through the library. Mm. So it's, That seems inefficient to me. It's, it's to get their little legs moving, because right. they're more likely to internalize your brainwashing if you keep, keep them moving if while you're If you keep them distracted, if they're so, physically engaged in some manner. Apparently, it's all about a boy who finds out that women's clothing really suits him better than male clothing and so he he wants to dress up like a mermaid all the time and then he gets to go to a pride parade at the end uh, where others who feel like him are so mer- mermaids are women mermaids are mermen are males mm. but anyway the library advertisement said there's a surprise at the end mm-hmm. and marla i'm explaining this i'm reading it right off the library website and marla goes listen I am not about to be part of any gay-themed walk for children with a surprise at the end. (laughs) We all cracked up laughing. She's like, I don't know what it is. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want your... She goes, are they serious? I don't want your your gay surprise. (laughs) And we 
laughed about it the whole rest of the day. I saw the word surprise later in the day and just took a screenshot. It sent it to the girls and was now, like, not again. Now that word has been there are forever surprises changed. Everywhere. There are surprises everywhere and I can't trust any of them. Uh, please stop surprising me and my children on your pride walk. <laughs> a pride walk. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, so when you said surprise show, I was like, I wonder if that's anything like it. Yeah, well, that no, it's nothing like that. It was a show that I wasn't planning to do, but I got a call from my buddy David Pendleton who said, hey, we've had a, a dropout up here at the theater. The headliner, who they sold all the tickets to see, was uh, not going to be able to do the show, and so they cobbled together a show that nobody asked for and nobody wanted. Surprise! <laughs> right. You don't know who we are. It wasn't a surprise for me. It was a surprise for the hapless audience that was <laughs> there very, to see somebody else. They were about as excited about it as Marlo was <laughs> right. with the pride surprise. I said, sure. So that's why I told Dave. I said, so it's uh, it's a show. I would be doing a favor for you for practically no money for a bunch of disappointed fans of another comedian. Yeah, sign me up. That's... I'm used to it. I've, I've traveled with Tim Hawkins for a long time, and so I know what it's like to disappoint yes. an audience. To be the filler. You, can, you <laughs> literally can feel the audience. When, you, when I was traveling with Tim, you can feel the energy kind of leave the room when yeah. Tim leaves the stage. And some people would just flat get up and, and walk out. They would go to the bathroom. They would they, go to Tim's they, product table. They would go to Tim's table. <laughs> See if they could get a glimpse of him. Right. Well, Tim's not on stage. I'm not going to sit here and listen. I'm not going to subject myself to this guy's rants. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. I let's get serious. Feels. All right. Let's do it. This is the comedian next door. And if you're listening, you are our friend and neighbor, Carl. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. If you're a mermaid or a merman. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you're I Carl. can't tell the difference. You're Carl. But you're, uh, well, we never have explained on this network the reason that we chose Carl was in staunch allegiance to the patriarchy. We right. were, but, we were. But I will be honest that on our mom cast, the Four Sisters Just Because I Love You podcast. It's Carlina. No, Carla. Carlina has ex historically been the example we use in like, stories you don't want to imitate. Right. You don't want to be Carlina. Carlina but you does be Carla. not make good life decisions. Right. Carla listens She's to the. She's the goofest to our gallant. <laughs> I don't even know who either of those are. Oh, that's right. You're just a child. What are we doing? Why uh, do you have your phone out? Because we're going to do. Oh, hang on. I have a surprise for you, Carla. <laughs> I don't I mean, want Carl. your surprise. Which podcast am I, I doing? I don't want your surprise. Uh, I called him Carla because I was so confused. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Oh, wait. So here, you can't hear it. So anyway, here we go. I'm going to do this. Oh, that's good. That's terrible. You remember last week when we asked you to send us some, send us ideas for sound effects for our mail bag? That's segments? the only one we got. <laughs> we didn't even get that yes, one. Huh? It came straight to me. Oh, did it? Yeah. So that was what we got. Okay, I was going to be more critical. No, that now, that was a, a um, that was a nod to our listener Carl. Carl yeah. asked for that. Wow. Okay. Well, now that I know that it was actually sub submitted by by our listener. I'm not going to be critical at all. I thought you just pulled that pulled that up your own self. No, and if you would like to hear, we aim to please, Carl. If you would like to hear a different sound effect, we'll try a few. And mm -hmm. you sell, tell us what you want to hear. Uh, all right. 
Hello, John and or Amanda, whoever is currently reading this. I'm really bugged by your belief that mockery is the best way to help people not believe or express belief in wrong things. While I agree that mockery is very effective for this task, I don't see how this is Christ-like, is a Christ-like way of responding to wrong ideas. Question one, where in the Gospels or the rest of the Bible are wrong ideas mocked? Mm -hmm. Question two, what is the difference between your method of mockery and the mockery also scoffing or similar word, depending on your translation, mentioned in Psalm 1.1. Question three, in all that we do, we are supposed to glorify God, 1 Corinthians 10.31. Also, we are to speak the truth in love, Mm -hmm. Ephesians 4.15, as well as love the truth, 1 Corinthians 13.6. How is mockery consistent uh, with glorifying God and being loving? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then question four, what would mockery sound like if it was spoken in love to the glory of God? Mm-hmm. Um, on a, well, on a different note, uh, should we do that? I'm not gonna do that? On a different note, John, I will join you on the hill where people are allowed to apologize for things they did wrong. That was mm-hmm. the, my reference to celebrities. Yeah, who, but you were actually mocking them when you said that. I was saying we should allow them, yeah, to, to right. apologize. You were, basically, you were saying if a person says, I'm a racist, we should believe them. We should believe them, yes. But you I'm knew a, full well that that was not what they were actually saying with their apologies. Right, what they were, well, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> would you like to join me on the hill where we can point out how stupid it is for people to apologize for saying objectively true things? In other words, apologizing yeah. for saying that there are only two genders and sexes, which are male and female. Realize this email is rather substantial, uh, please take all the time you need to answer my questions. Well, that was all. Sincerely, that's all hill to die on. Which Carl? That's hill to die on. So right. that we can we could go back to that so, later. But uh, he's bothered by the idea that mockery is a good way to um, to basically prevent people from uh, continuing to hold wrong ideas, bad ideas, right? And uh, wants to know where in the Gospels the uh, uh, the idea of, of of wrong ideas are mocked. Where in the Gospels? I don't know that there's a place in the Gospels. Yeah, I'm not sure why it has to be Gospels, except that I'm guessing Carl is already familiar with places in the Old Testament and in Paul, the Pauline epistles where mm-hmm. mockery is used. So I'm guessing he's trying to narrow it down to the Gospels because he does not want to talk about those. <laughs> That's... Maybe I'm wrong. Let me see if I can find a place in the Bible where I know for sure <laughs> mockery you, is not employed. Can you name a place in the table of contents where mockery <laughs> is permitted? In the very last paragraph of Revelation. <laughs> and you see what we're doing here? Yeah. There's some good-natured mocking happening, well, happening right now. There is a... Uh, I, I think the problem is... I, I, I think I can articulate the problem... Because the the word mockery is problematic for people. And the reason I know this is because it was problematic for me. And I used to be a person who would argue with people about, uh, about oh, I'm not mocking, I'm teasing, or I'm, uh, I'm just ribbing, or I'm good. I didn't like the word mockery. Right. And so I would avoid it or make excuses for or call, call what I was doing something other than mockery. But I decided that... Uh, that that's not really 
honest or helpful. If somebody perceives it as mockery, if they say you're mocking me, then it it doesn't serve any purpose for me to say, well, not only was not only are you, am I mocking you for what I was mocking you for, but now I'm going to mock you for being an idiot and not understanding what the word mockery means. So I've decided to, that if somebody thinks they're being mocked, then they're being mocked, and I'll use that term. And but mockery is not the same as uh, bullying for example it's not it's not putting another person down for the sake of putting another person down well i agree with that but i also think that i think that there's something else at play here where people are confused and they want to emphasize the truth in love and they're really uncomfortable with the idea of mocking and i think some of it has to do with their own personalities and their inability to mock without being bullies and i do think that we have to make room for the fact that there are people out there who are like, I don't think it's possible to joke without being mean about it. And if that's, that's the case, true. Then don't we, joke. Then our hill to die on would be, yep. yeah, if, you, if you are a bully and you own that bullying, then yep. yeah, right. we're not going to argue if with you, you. If you can't read the scripture, Old and New Testament, Gospels right. and Table of Contents, without right. going, I'm convicted right now that I've been a mocker. I've been a scoffer. Uh-huh. I've been, I've been mean then you've been mean and you need to repent for that. And we're going to let you apologize for it. Right. And we're going to recommend that you be more careful next time. (laughs) (laughs) If that makes sense. Right. Well, some of it, a a lot of this goes back to um, treating other people the way you want to be treated. Because a lot of this goes back to the golden rule for me. And I fully understand that if I am going to, judge somebody's idea or judge an idea of worthy of mockery, then I know that I am opening myself up to the same standards of ridicule. Right. And so, uh, and I think I'm fairly consistent in this now because I've been doing it for so long. I'm so, uh, I'm, I'm so used to it and I'm expecting it to happen. And so there's nothing wrong. I talk about this in my act. There's nothing wrong with pointing out the absurdity and the stupidity is the word that I use in other people's lives. As long as you have done the same in your own life, as long as you start with yourself and notice what is mockable in your life and then mock it. um, Now you're not being a hypocrite. It's like, yeah, I've, I've already, I'm, I'm willing to have my own ideas mocked. Therefore I'm not hypocritical when I mock yours, I'm right. an equal opportunity mocker. Right. But the issue that Christians are having, the struggle in their own minds, is not whether they're being hypocritical. The it's issue whether they're is, being sinful. Yeah, they genuinely think that having a good time is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, they really can't tell the difference between having a laugh because of the joy of the Lord and having a laugh at another person's expense in a sinful way. They really can't. They cannot figure out the line there and the difference. And so they've been trained to believe they would rather err on the side of caution by pretty much never laughing right. and taking everything so seriously. They would rather be stoic and painfully, you know, straight faced than to accidentally enjoy something that they're afraid God doesn't want them to enjoy, right. like laughter. And that's a very, very deeply held Well, I thought of yeah. I, I thought of the uh, I thought of an example from the Gospels, as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, many, not all, but many of Jesus' parables are 
they have a, a tinge, at least, of sarcasm and satire in them. And uh, he, when he talks about the, uh, the, the father, if, you're, if your son comes to you and asks for bread, would you give him a stone you know, or a scorpion or a snake? He goes, you know, you wouldn't do that, and you're evil. You know, so how much better is God going to know how to give good gifts if you, who are straight up evil, wicked, terrible people, know how to give good gifts? And people don't read the scripture that way. They read Jesus' words with a straight face. But he's, he's mocking them. He's saying, for crying out loud, you guys know not to give your kids scorpions when they ask for bread. That's, that's mockery. It's satire. The whole remove the plank from your own eye before you pull the speck out of your brother's eye is is mockery and it's a right. it's a hardcore uh visual he's he's poking them right you guys have got a board sticking out of your eye and uh and the swallow a swallow a camel, camel. and choke on a gnat right all of that is mockery right it's speaking the truth, and it was a pointed truth, mm-hmm. and it was a barbed truth, and the people who were being mocked knew that they were being mocked mm-hmm. and didn't appreciate it very much. And so I think it's important to understand that that's always been the case. If you say something clever, and if you say it with... Exaggerated. If you say it with enough uh, clarity about what it is that you're trying to say, um, then people will recognize what it is you're saying, and they might not appreciate it. Right. And they might accuse you of being a mocker. I mean, literally any time a person laughs at anything, right. somebody can find Somebody's some being mocked. way. So, for example, what are some criticisms that you've gotten on your comedy? And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about times when you go on social media and you're like, hey, you know, abortion is wrong. Because right. obviously people are going to be mad. What are some things, some emails that you've gotten about criticisms for your act that you might have never seen coming except that you've been doing this a long time. Uh, you're fishing for something specific. Oh, I've got multiple. I've right. got multiple examples. So which one are you thinking of? Okay. What are some, some complaints about your smoking in church bit? Yes. I had, I, well, I, I've had a couple of bits about smoking. Um, mm-hmm. the, the one that, before the smoking in church bit, I had a thing about uh, people who would, who didn't know that smoking was bad for them, you know, right. until the scientific research demonstrated it was bad. And so I had a bit that I do, I don't do it very often anymore, but I had a lady on a cruise ship that was super mad at me. And she came up afterwards and she scolded me because my mother was a smoker and she had cancer and she passed away. And I did not think it was appropriate for you to make jokes about people smoking. Right. That's one. That's one. That's one. Uh, what about the person who didn't like your impression of your mother? Yeah, I had a, I have another joke that I haven't done for a while, but it basically was my mother, because she used to do this. I, I didn't just make this up. This happened in my childhood. <laughs> we had Hot Wheels race sets, and uh, my mom would whip us with those with those tracks she would if she found them if they were in arm's reach mom never went looking for like a paddle or a belt she would just grab whatever was within reach and hit us with it and hairbrushes and things like that and so uh she would whack us with hot wheels racetrack (laughs) she would fold them over and and whip us and so i my joke was you know that mothers are experts at, at discipline and they've even figured out ways to disguise you know, their weapons of discipline as gifts. Right. And that's what you get a Hot Wheels race set for your birthday. Happy birthday, it's a Hot Wheels race set. No, it's two metal cars and a box of whipping strips. Right. 
And I didn't realize that there were a lot of people that related to that joke yeah. until I started doing it. I thought it was mostly me, but yeah. every time I tell that joke, it gets a it gets a big laugh. And a lady come up afterwards and said, I don't think it's appropriate to mock um, child abuse. Right. It, it, is, it. it is absolutely inappropriate to mock child Somebody abuse. Somebody was mad because you used to do mom's voice higher than your own mm-hmm. when you were doing mom's lines. Right. You're mocking, you're mocking your wife. Right. For the way, and I would say to them, she doesn't really talk like that. <laughs> That's my that's my comedy wife. If I was to do my wife's regular voice, it's not as funny. Right. And so the point being, the point I'm trying to make is there will always be people who are going to call you a mocker even when it's not true. Correct. And that ought to that ought to give us pause. We ought to stop and think about that because if we are so very concerned about people viewing us as a mocker, rather than examining whether we're actually being you know, sinful, if, if we're mainly concerned with the accusation of being mocking, then we're going to have to stop laughing at everything. Right. I can't, I can't do my job because right. it is, it is Carl, absolutely a certainty that I have offended people in virtually every show that I've done. Yeah. Every time I've gotten up and uh, unless it's a, unless it's an audience of four or five, uh, but in, in every average size audience, somebody is going to be put off by something that I said. Right. So I I wanted to put that out there first. You know, there will always be somebody offended. But then I think another thing to consider on the flip side is um, what kind, it was kind of like what you were saying, you know, how do you want to be treated? And what kind of, a, what kind of an environment do you want to live in? What kind of friends do you want to have? Um, what family do you want to cultivate? And I... I understand wanting to err on the side of caution uh, to an extent, but I also think that it's just... Well, but caution for who? That, that's the thing. Right. You're, 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 gonna, you're going to offend somebody. It's so the too, question is, who are you going to offend? It's too much of a sacrifice for me, though, to live in a house where everybody's afraid to laugh. And everybody apologizes for everything yes. when oh. they say it. Everybody starts, oh, I'm sorry that that upset you. Everybody starts every conversation with, now, I don't mean to offend. I don't want to be a mocker. I know what it says in the Psalms, mm-hmm. but I think that you've got a speck in your eye. Like, whatever you're right. trying to say, if, you're, if you have all of these qualifi- qualifications first, qualifiers, that's the word I'm looking for, if you have to start every sentence or every paragraph with, you know, addendums and, right. and uh, the fine print to keep from being sued... <laughs> it's really tedious and it's not very funny anymore. Right. And everybody, here's right. the thing. Everybody always, when they see somebody, you know, whether it's a celebrity couple or somebody in their life that they know, everybody wants to be around this particular couple. There's somebody in your life that you know who seems to be really, really fun loving and they're not afraid of being called mockers. These are people who, like people will say about them, wow, they seem to really enjoy each other. They seem to be best friends. They seem to be on the same wavelength. Everybody really wants to be around them. I want that too. And I've noticed that with those people, everybody wants to be around. It's way more about freedom and grace and, and the you know being able to laugh than it is about rules and um, caution and all of those qualifiers before you're allowed to speak. I want to address the Psalm 1-1 question. Oh, okay. Psalm 1-1, depending on your translation, this is New Living Translation. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners 
or join in with mockers. Um, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. So the problem is not the mocking itself. The problem is what are you mocking? And this is directly talking about the joyfulness that comes from not following the advice of the wicked or standing around or joining in with the mockers. Well, who? what are they mocking? They're mocking the Lord. They're mocking righteousness. They're mocking um, God's holiness. Right. And so there's scoffing is like fire. It's neutral. It depends on what you're scoffing. What are you burning? It depends on what you are. <laughs> it, right. It depends on what you're mocking. And if there is, uh, there are cases and examples, we've already given a few of them, where, where Christ himself was uh, mocking of an attitude. He was, he was mocking of, of behaviors and ideas that were contrary to righteousness. Um, and, and Jesus did not take those, I mean, they were serious issues, but his approach was not it, condemnation. Right. His approach was, hey, you got a board in your eye and you're worried about the speck in this guy's eye. Listen, you know, that's all gives? super interesting and everything, but I think that sharing a case study is going to be more I know what you're gonna applicable do. for Carl. You're going to talk about sloths, aren't you? I'm going to talk about sloths. Hang on, let me get my uh, sound effect going. Peaches in a whirl. Um, I think that it's fine and dandy to, to do a soul check every now and then, a conscience check, and ask yourself if you're being sinful. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah, I disagree. Well, okay. <laughs> I think me. once you rise up out of the baptistry, that's the last time you need to ever think about what's going on in your heart and in your head. Right, okay. Well. I think you're good from there on. I think that that's, it's one thing to be like, okay, I want to make sure that I'm not wandering off the track here. And that's great, but... That was mockery, by the way, Carl, in case you're and, and it just sort of mocking Amanda. off my back, yeah. like water on a duck. I, yeah, you're, you're not offended by that? Not in the least. You don't think I, I just called you stupid by and way, disrespected you? You don't know this, but your grandson, the seven-year-old, uh, was just recently learning how to say to his sisters, I'm a duck. Your water. I, <laughs> I was here for that. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh, I right. was here you for were... that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, when they called him. Yeah. Butt face. When they called him butt face, he, he's supposed to say, no, duck butt. <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed about that. I was like, listen, Just they're, let trying the insults roll you. Off. Yep. they're trying to upset you. got to let it go. Because people would rather be around somebody who is unoffendable. Unoffendable than being around a person who's a really thin-skinned crybaby. That's right. just natural reality. Yeah, you don't want to be around people who are constantly having their feelings hurt. Nobody does. You avoid but them. But you do want to be around people who are easy to laugh. They're easy to make laugh. They're easy laughers. And, and quick to acknowledge uh, truth. Right. When you say, man, that thing you did was just boneheaded. It's like, it totally was, it was. wasn't it? I'm yeah. so, I am so dumb. So, 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 so share dumb. your story, and I, and I will tell you the... Uh, the, the story that I have come to mind. Okay. So uh, I don't know very much about Hollywood. I don't watch a ton of TV, but I did watch the Ellen show. It's a den of iniquity. Yeah. A few years ago, Ellen had Kristen Bell, actress mm -hmm. Kristen Bell, on 
uh, to talk about her sloth meltdown. That's mm-hmm. what they actually call it on the internet. So if you Google Kristen Bell's sloth meltdown, mm-hmm. you'll have many hits. And I've you seen can, it. You can watch it for yourself. Yeah. Um, but apparently, I guess the backstory is that her husband, Dax Shepard, knew that she really, really loved sloths. And to hear Kristen tell the story to Ellen, I mean, she loves sloths. And so there's this cell video that her husband Dax took with his little phone on his little camera on his phone. On her birthday. On her birthday where he's like, happy birthday. And he's like, I've got a surprise for you. <laughs> there's the surprise word again. And, uh, uh-huh. and she just like falls apart crying. She's happy. She's kind of laughing, but she's also sobbing like at the same time, just ugly crying like her she's drooling and her mascara is running she's just a mess and he's like why are you crying and she's like i'm so happy (laughs) and she says the funniest part well he knew it was gonna happen yeah that's why he was recording right he was recording because he knew what would happen he hadn't even told her what was gonna happen yet and the funniest part was like to hear her tell it to ellen she says i don't know how to describe it but when he says i've got a surprise I just knew, I knew in my spirit, there's a sloth here. (laughs) There's a sloth in this house somewhere. (laughs) And I was overcome. Like, she could not handle it. I knew there was a sloth in this house. She was crying so ridiculously hard for something like this. And she knew it, and he knew she was going to do it, and it was undeniable that he was videoing his wife so that he could mock her yes he was absolutely and she was kind of laughing too but that's my point like it occurs to me and it has occurred to me as a wife before how i react to that situation is the whole point right it's the whole crux of whether it works or not because if i wanted to be easily offended and i wanted to be mad at my husband for mocking mocking, you it would have never been a moment that millions of people got to enjoy and laugh along with. Right. Everybody would be like, that was so out of line. Dak Shepard is a monster. You're being, Look you know. how he abused his, his yeah. spouse who he's supposed to love. You're taking of her vulnerability. Took you're, advantage of her. You're laughing at her. Laughed at her. Yeah. yeah. But as it is, because of the fact that Kristen was laughed also too, laughing at herself. It became a situation where millions of people are like, wow, how do I get that? Right. How do I get I what they have? I want to be in that family. I want right. to be in that situation. I want to be at their house for every birthday. Right. I want to see what happens if I bring Kristen like caramel corn. Yeah. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see what. I want to see if I can break her down. How too. can I make Kristen cry yep. an unnecessary well, I amount? Have, <laughs> I have said before, and I, 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 this is not just a this is not just a lame justification of my point of view, but you are. When, when you make people laugh, for whatever reason, it is endearing. And they you cannot help but like people who make you laugh. You can't help it. I mean, you may, you may consciously be aware of their politics or their philosophy or some of their historical. Or they, they, may, they might be terrible people, you know. But if they make you laugh, something right, but I think, is... I think that you're framing this a little bit backward. Well, and I, what a shock. I don't think that you understand just how easy it is for particularly women and wives in this culture to be unlaughable, unmake laughable. Unmake laughable. They hear you say a person who makes you laugh is endearing, and mm-hmm. they think that means they get to hold up the card and say unimpressed when they aren't being made to laugh. 
They think they can fold their arms, scowl, they glue a scowl on their face, and then whenever somebody tries to make them laugh, they blame the person who was oh, not I successful. See what you're yeah. Do you see well, what I mean? Yeah, right. But I haven't. I I have a I have a response to that though, and that is that we have we are all given a sense of humor, like we're given a sense of eyesight and a sense of smell and a sense of taste, and that's how you detect uh, what's funny or what's not funny. And so if your if my sense of humor says that it's funny when a woman breaks down thinking about sloths, then that's it. And then it is funny. And you can hold up the card and say, no, you're wrong, but I don't believe you. My sense of humor is going off. And so to tell me that that's not funny, you're actually the one that's wrong, not me. I'm, I'm simply trying to encourage the women because I've, I work with women all the time. I have a lot of women in my life and they you are, kind of are a woman, aren't you? I, uh, kind of, a little bit. But they're always saying, I wish I had that. Man, it would be great if I could find my Dax Shepherd, And I just need them to understand that they have to be Kristen Bell. Right. And they don't seem to think that. Right. They seem to think it's just they a matter of waiting. They seem to think that waiting. it's a matter of the other person. Yes. And finding the other person who makes them laugh. Who it's like, no, them no, no, you have to be able to laugh. Right. And that's a thing that you do. <laughs> Stop being so daggum serious. Stop waiting for somebody to make you laugh and start being a person. Right. But that's why I said when, you, when you were just framing it as, you know, a person who makes you laugh is very endearing. It's like, yeah, you know what else is very endearing? A person who's not scowling at you like, make me laugh, bozo. Like, no, I, I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. I'm saying that there are people, and, and I was thinking of a different type of person. I was thinking right. of the type of person who feels bad and who's embarrassed when people are noticing that they break down and cry at sloth, for example. Those right. people who are like, I just can't even go anywhere because I know people are going to laugh at me for that. Right. It's like you're misunderstanding what's going on here. Um, right. Millions of people are laughing. Yes, they're laughing at you. Let's just not, let's not even. Did you say you had another story? Yeah, and it's the uh, the story of, of my sister's friend. Oh, that's not what I When thought. the storm was going through. What, what did you think I was going to do? Uh, I thought you were going to talk about the lady who was really feeling the love of human spirit at the Wawa. Remember when she went to get a pop and then somebody, she, she was just really feeling good and she came out and saw somebody wiping her head, her windshield wipers. Remember? Oh, yeah. That's not my story, though. No, That's, it's not your story. But I, that was just another thing that reminded me. Yeah. She's, she, she started, she came over and was like effusively thanking she was them. Like, yeah, he was washing her yeah. windshield. And she was like, thank you. I am just so, this is so sweet by the people, compassion and human kindness. Him, yeah. I told him, I love humanity. She, she hugged him, and didn't she? she? Hugged him, yeah. And then she looks over and realizes... It's not her He's car. He's washing his own windshield. <laughs> right. <laughs> his car looks just like hers. <laughs> and the best and part she is... She comes out and hugs him and thanks him. She's on her phone. She's literally still in the parking lot sending that video to her mom and, and her can, sister yeah, and, and all of her friends. She can barely she speak it. She keeps laughing. Like, tears are squirting out of her <laughs> eyes. She goes, guys, I hugged him. I hugged him <laughs> for washing his own windshield. <laughs> and he just kind of looks at her like dumbstruck <laughs> what is wrong with this lady right uh well the story that i was remembering is my sister uh your aunt has a friend who was over at her house and there was a storm coming mm -hmm. in rossville and it was in lafayette and this 
my sister's friend's husband was in Lafayette, and it's like it's really bad. The weather report looks like it's going to be bad, and so he called her. So he, no, she called him. She goes, "Well, you know, Rob's in Lafayette, so I'm just going to call him. I'm going to call him, and find out." So she, oh, okay. So she's on the phone, and we can only hear half the conversation. Mm, yeah, right, all right. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh no. Okay, I'll let him know. I'll call you back. All right. Bye. So she hangs up. She goes, you guys, it's really bad. According to Rob and Lafayette, they have pickle-sized hail in Lafayette right now. <laughs> and I'm listening, and I went. That sounds terrible. Pickle-sized hail? <laughs> like, like a, <laughs> and I'm making like this shape. I'm making like a U-shape with my, like, pickles? And Are she goes, you? oh, I just thought he meant like sandwich slices. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking full gherkins, and she's thinking like little sandwich. You're thinking spears. Yeah, and she's, she's like thinking. Well, even that, even sliced. that is this odd shape. Yeah. And I said, "Are you sure that's what he said?" Yeah, I think that's what he said. So she calls him back and said, "Did you say pickles?" And then there's a pause while he's talking, and she goes, "Oh, okay." And so she hangs up because he said nickel size hail. <laughs> but even, but nickel. the fact that she she was laughing and we were laughing and it was. I'm not going to deny it. It was mockery. We right. were mocking her for mishearing that. Right. And, and so, not questioning it then. Right. And not questioning it. She was just, she was so absorbed in, oh my gosh, pickle size hail. And she evidently didn't even visualize it. Right. You know, but I did when she said pickle size hail. So I was like, what would that look like? One of our favorite <laughs> segments on Starving Comics show every Sunday on the John Brandon YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, is when we get my sister Tabby on to talk about embarrassing stories Mm -hmm. because Tabby gets secondhand embarrassment better than any other person I've ever met. So you read her somebody (laughs) else's embarrassing story. She turns red and starts like wiping tears out of her eyes. And fanning her face. Because she would totally do something like that. People Mm -hmm. saying the wrong word or, you know, mishearing things or um, accidentally like knocking into people or whatever. And, And we would not have those stories if there weren't, really good-natured, good-humored humans out there willing to offer themselves up as to be the targets. object of ridicule. Yeah. yeah, you'd be the object of ridicule. It requires bravery, and it requires confidence, and it requires knowing that you have a, a value that transcends your moments of stupidity. Right. Well, it, actually, there is a lot of value in not trying to rise above those moments oh i agree i agree we we laugh more in this family because because we understand this right that when you're when you're mocking another person it does not mean that you're hating that other person mockery and hatred are not the same thing right and uh mockery and scoffing i don't think are exactly the same thing i think scoffing is is more uh you know Mockery, at least in my mind, is a, is a good-natured sort of playful kind of hey, this is a dumb thing, right? And I'm pointing out how dumb this is. Well, so you, so you can fix it. And we've talked before on the podcast about the value of of mocking ideas. We're not talking about people, but mocking ideas. It makes people a little bit afraid. And if you're going to throw your if you're going to throw your idea into the public forum, it's a good thing. It's healthy to go okay. Is somebody going to make fun of me for this? Because that's the first step in in introspection and thinking through things and starting to analyze from other perspectives, other points of view. Okay, what is what would a comedian say about this? If I opened my mouth and said this in front of my comedian next door, right? 
Is he going to laugh at me for this? What do you think about it? I guarantee if the library had a comedian on staff, they would not be trying to lure children to the library with a surprise. (laughs) No, they would not. (laughs) During Pride Month. (laughs) No, they would not. Uh, Or even Marla, if Marla was on staff. We could have saved them from that faux pas. We could have (laughs) if they'd have just called us. If they'd have just sent us... An email next door at johnbrainy.com and say, hey, we're thinking about starting, we're thinking about having a pride walk. I would say, what is a pride walk? And I would say, what are you proud of? <laughs> right. And then, and then they probably would have been offended and hung up. Well, if you're just going to mock us and forget it. I'm like, okay. All yeah. right, you can hang up on me, but I'm still going to mock you. People are afraid to use the weapon. They're afraid to wield that weapon because they it is a weapon. And I don't want to... Be accused of like pretending like we don't know that it is potent and mockery is powerful and that like any right. weapon, well that's why I use the word misused. that's why I let people use the word mockery yeah. instead of trying to soften it and talk them into a different word right it's like if you yeah let's call it mockery but we should mock the false gods and just because the false gods of the United States in 2021 are slightly different than they were on Mount Carmel when Elijah was mocking them just because they have different names. (laughs) (laughs) I saw it coming. Uh, I will wait to mock you about that later. Oh, that took forever to get here. (laughs) I've been working on that for 40 seconds. So uh, just because the gods have different names now than they did back in the Old Testament does not mean that we should stop mocking them. We still have to mock the darkness mock the lies you know mock um mock whoever it is who is a child of the lies like jesus mocked the pharisees and and literally said you're like your father the devil um you know that it's very harsh and there are people who are like well yeah but he was talking to a specific group of people it's like root of vipers you whitewashed tombs it doesn't mean that you can't use the same tactic and the same strategy if you're if you're using it to bring glory to God and um, tear down those idols. Some things are supposed to be mocked. Some things are supposed to be destroyed. And as you said, comedy is an excellent weapon for destroying uh, folly, for destroying foolishness. And the whitewashed tomb thing is another thing that that loses its, it, it loses, it's such a good thing to call somebody. You know what? You're like a, you're like a, like a beautiful grave, pristine. You're like a pristine wall with a fresh coat of white over it. And inside, it's just rotting bones. Right. <laughs> you're like a well-decorated graveyard. You're like a, you're like a beautiful <laughs> grave. And it's just, it's, it's the, uh, it's contrast, it's um, exaggeration. It's, it is perfect. You are lipstick on a pig. You are lipstick <laughs> On a filthy pig. <laughs> you're like, you're, uh, don't get me wrong, you're a very attractive pig. Right. <laughs> you're a very beautiful swine. I can tell how much work you've put into rearranging yeah. the furniture in this crypt. You're like a, you're like a, a little, like a tomb. A very lovely whitewashed tomb. <laughs> and inside, outside, you look great. Uh, very attractive. We've got like a minute or two extra. Do you have anything else? Just a bunch of stinky bones on the inside. So we were watching. Yeah, I don't have time for it. I don't have time for it. We were watching guys eat uh, fermented herring. Have you seen any of those videos? No. Supposedly, it's uh, it's the Swedish 
thing, and the Swedes love it. They eat it. But apparently, from what I've read and what I've been told, it it is the foulest smelling food like on the planet. Worse than monk fruit? Well, people were opening these cans up. It looks like like a big can of tuna, and they opened it up. And as soon as there was three guys sitting in a like in an outbuilding, in a shed, because their their wife wouldn't let them open it up in the house. That's how foul it was. So they're sitting out there, and as soon as they crack the lid, all three of these grown men are like, <laughs> and at first you think, oh, they're just, they're playing it up, but they're totally not. And it's, they're trying to talk, and, <laughs> and then one of them starts puking. Why would I them... want to watch this? <laughs> because it's hilarious. Um but I, I, I was, and that's the thing that I was thinking about when I was thinking about mocking people. These are people who are literally puking and gagging, and it's hilarious. We're, we are we are laughing at their at their pain and suffering. Granted, they did it to themselves. They they did it intentionally. Right. But it's not. It's the same premise. I mean, people. Certain things are. They're just funny. You can't help it. I'm just going to make a quick plug for our buddy Brant Hansen's book, Unoffendable. And uh, he makes a great case, and I had never really thought of it from that perspective before, but we're always telling Christians that they should be careful not to offend, be careful to do speaking the truth in love, you know, be careful to do that. And that's a great message, and it's true, but we also need to be teaching Christians how to not take offense when it's not theirs to take. And if a person isn't being overtly sinful, if they're not breaking one of God's laws, then we are actually in the wrong to say I'm offended in an attempt to keep them quiet or to shut them up and, you know, censor them because we just plain don't like it. We don't, we don't like a thing. And so right. we should, we should work on that. We should, that would actually, that would actually be a hill that I would be willing to die on. I've preached about that before. Yeah. You want me to- yeah the, uh, the, the hill that I would die on would be to kind of piggyback with what you said that whether or not something offends me is of zero consequence to the person who is doing the offending. Um, the only thing that matters is whether or not their behavior is offensive to God. Yeah. And if, they're, if, if their behavior is, as you said, not offensive to God, then if I just don't happen to like it, then I need to shut up. Because what difference does it make if I am offended? Right. Um, if they're... <laughs> Whatever they're doing, if so it just offends people, me, so who many cares? people are taking um, what what our friend Mark Gunger calls secondhand offense. They mm. claim they're taking up for some other hypothetical person who might be offended by such or such. Right? Such if so and so was here and they heard you say that, that they would feel this and this way about it. And it's like, well, are they here? And you do have to. You do have a responsibility to love your neighbor, and you do have a responsibility to speak the truth in love. And it's like, yeah, but we're always having that conversation. And we're never having the conversation where I tell you directly, you are taking offense over something you have no right to take offense right. over. And that offends me. That offends me. And now right. we now our house doesn't have nearly as much laughter as it could have. Right. And it's your fault. Because you're a buzzkill. Because <laughs> you're, you're a killjoy and you have no sense of humor. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm dropping a fantastic joke here. And you're going, it's not very nice. It's very so sensitive about it. So, yeah. You're a Pharisee. You're a Pharisee. You're a whitewash too. Yeah. So, uh, quit taking everything so seriously. And I appreciate, Carl, I appreciate the email. So, if you've... 
if I still haven't been clear, and if there's, if there's still some things that you want to push back on, that's fine. That's why we're here. We're here. We always have the door open to conversation. So if you want to fight with me about this, uh, tell me where I'm wrong, point me to scripture, whatever. But still, conversation isn't closed just because we're out of time. We are out of time. All right. Goodbye, Carl. See you next time, neighbor. Look for John Branion on MeWe and Gab. Also, be part of the show by sending your questions to nextdoor at johnbranion.com. See you next time, neighbor.